We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. The problem with Chelsea is that depending on who starts, you don't know who takes the corners. Because if Fabregas starts, he's going to take them. But if he doesn't, which is possible, they could go with N'Golo Kante and Nemanja Matic. Then it could be Hazard, it could be Pedro, it could be both of them. Hello everyone and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. I'm joined today by Chris Owen, who's filling in for Mike Gottlieb, who apparently still needs an extended break after we had no Premier League matches last weekend. So, Chris, thanks for coming back. Yeah, appreciate you having me on and uh, looking forward to a full slate of EPL this weekend. Yeah, we had no Premier League matches last weekend, but there was some FA Cup, and when there's FA Cup, there's always possibilities of injuries. So um, we tried to catch up as much as we could uh, today. We think we got everyone... Uh, updated as we, as we uh, like to on, on Fridays. But uh, let's dive in for this weekend. We've got a full slate. Um, the better, Definitely the better games are Sunday, but um, we'll dive in right on, on Saturday. Kickoff 7.30 Eastern is Tottenham hosting West Brom. This is a West Brom side that has been much more attacking of late, um, more than we're, we're used to seeing under Tony Pulis. But they're playing a Tottenham defense that is excellent and an attack that's excellent. Uh, do you think West Brom has any shot in this one? Oh, I think they've proven all season that they've got a shot in pretty much any game. Um, they've been, you know, like you mentioned, a lot more attacking than we would have thought out of a Tony Poulos side. Um, and so, yeah, I think they have a chance here. But uh, that being said, Tottenham has a pretty tight defense, and I, I definitely like their odds here. Yeah, Christian Eriksen was like my guy forever, uh, even though, meaning this season, I kind of crapped all over him last year, but he has definitely seemed to have uh, given way to Deli Alley as the top midfield option for, for Spurs. Um, 
you know, Erickson's still on free kicks and, and on corners. So, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, for people who are playing that early, you know, the, the slate that includes the early game, like Erickson's obviously still plenty uh, attractive, although the West Brom defense is still usually makes me kind of hesitate a little bit. But uh, your thoughts on Deli Alley scoring? Uh, he's been on quite a streak lately. So, I mean, he, uh, he, it's a possibility. Uh, if I was looking for a player with a, uh, with like a kind of a higher floor, um, I'd definitely go Erickson over Ali just because um, he's proven that he's going to get shots off. He's going to provide a ton of crosses, but uh, Ali's been the goal scorer of late. So it's a kind of a difficult call there, but if you're looking for like kind of the safer option, I would go Erickson. Yeah. It seems that way. And would you consider any of the West Brom guys? Notably, it's really Matt Phillips or uh, Matt Phillips or <laughs> probably <laughs> Matt Phillips. Pretty much. It sounds like uh, Chris Brunt is dealing with uh, a knock, and he's kind of been a, a, a in DraftKings, uh, at least, he's been kind of a cheaper option uh, to lean on that I've kind of been going with lately. Whether that's been working for me or not is uh, up in the air. But yeah, it sounds like Matt Phillips is the best the best option for West Brom, and it um, uh, sounds like Johnny Evans is going to miss out with, uh, with Eunice Olsen, expected to start next to McCauley. Not that those are high-end daily options, but definitely in talk is something to consider. Mm. Does that make does that change your mind about like Harry Kane at all? Um, well, in season long formats, I don't have any shares of Kane, um, but uh, I don't know. I just don't like Kane against uh, the West Brom uh, defense. They've been pretty tight all season, and so I'm probably going to steer away from Kane. Although he's proven lately that he he can definitely find the back of the net. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then uh, I'd probably have no problem playing Danny Rose or Kyle Walker. You know, in yeah. the, the season-long formats that I have, I'd probably not pay up um, otherwise in, in daily. But uh, let's move on to the, the main slate. Um, it's a big one this weekend. We've got seven matches going for the main Saturday slate, six games kicking off at 10 a.m. Eastern, and then um, the late one, 12.30. But uh, let's talk about the really exciting one of Watford home against Middlesbrough, um, which uh, Watford will have... Uh, Jorelio Gomez and Jose Olebas back. They both sat out the uh, FA Cup match last weekend. So uh, theoretically, Olebas will be on corners again. Uh, they have, you know, Dini Nigalo up front. And then Burrow um, signed Rudy Gested uh, recently. And, uh, you know, for those who remember him from Aston Villa last year, he basically fits that very prototypical uh, goal upside. And that's it. So I don't think you'll see many cash lineups ever with Rudy Gestet in, in it. But um, I also am not sure he's going to start right away. I, theoretically, Alvaro Negredo will keep that job for a while. Yeah, I don't expect to see him in the starting lineup with uh, Negredo probably keeping the job there for Boro. But uh, yeah, not a not mostly not the uh, most appetizing match to watch here between Wofford and Boro. Um, one thing I kind of looked at was. Uh, I looked at him on DraftKings, but couldn't find him. Um, Bernardo Espinosa is expected to start at right back for Boro. Um, would have been a cheaper option, but I'm not sure if he's available in daily at this point. Um, he started, I believe it was last weekend's FA Cup match, and um, although he, you know, might not be the most offensive player, it was definitely something I was uh, I was looking forward to fill in for a cheap option. He he is there. Uh, he is yeah. just just as Bernardo though. So if you. Okay. If you went the extra Espinosa, you won't find them. But yeah, 3100 um, is kind of a, a solid price. Bernardo got a, a start at center back a few weeks oh. ago. I remember on FanDuel and uh, Bingo. paid off pretty there handsomely. So Yeah, something I'm definitely going to think about uh, now that I actually know that he's there. <laughs> yeah, the guy, yeah, the guy that intrigued me from this game defensively um, was Christian Cabaselli, who... Um, you know, looking at his game logs, it's fairly ugly. But I think he started as kind of a basically a wing back last uh, in the last game week. Uh, but twenty nine hundred for a starting Watford defender isn't so bad. I think Camila Zuniga is um, expected back too with Jan Mott out. But um, I know it's one of those games that like these teams aren't that great. So I feel like they should be able to score on each other. But then at the same time, they're not that great. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something to kind of take a look at, though. Um, like you mentioned, neither are like particularly defensive, and there could definitely be a couple goals. But you don't want to be 
sitting at looking at your daily lineup after the slate is all done and realize that you went with a couple players from this and it was a nil nil draw too at the same point. So it's a it's a pretty tough decision here to go with any of the players here. Yeah, yeah, you're probably not going to see a lot of Negredo Igalo stacks, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say the the value or or the points I think are, you know if you can find some beyond Olebas and. I'm not even sure who's going to end up taking corners for Burrow, maybe. You know, it depends if uh, Triore, he wouldn't take them, but if he starts, that kind of takes Stuart Downing out. I guess Downing's been played, playing well recently, but he's also possibly moving. So we got uh, Gaston Ramirez is also looking for a move. So it is probably going to be a pretty ugly game. Yeah. All right, uh, next is uh, West Ham and Crystal Palace. Um, the big news from West Ham is obviously Dimitri Payet is forcing his way out, refusing to play basically until they sell him to what sounds like Marseille. He wants to go back to Marseille, which um, neither wants to pay that much for him. Um, and I mean, theoretically, West Ham, I mean, West Ham have already said they, they're not going to sell him, which is really just we're waiting for more money. Uh, Payet has been awesome. I mean, he's awesome since he arrived. Um, he's struggled a little bit this season, but. Uh, this team, like, could be really, really bad without him. Um, but if, I mean, he's out, so let's theoretically try to figure out who benefits the most from this. Who do you look for first in terms of Pyatt being out? Uh, with Pyatt out, it looks like, I mean, Lanzini's shares go up a little bit, although he's pretty goal-dependent. Um, that would be one player I'm looking at. He should, you know, he's kind of going to be expected to be the uh, the playmaker now with Pyatt out. Uh, Antonio? Um, Michelle Antonio, um, he could definitely, uh, his shares could go up too, but he might be dealing with an injury this weekend. So we might, uh, might have to take him out of lineup, but yeah, the, the, uh, West Ham is really in kind of a uh, predicament here because Pyatt is hands or, you know, that he's their best player by far. And so you obviously don't want to lose your best player, but at the same point, he's, I believe he's 30 or 31 right around there. So, um, his transfer fee isn't going to bring a ton of money, uh, the money that they're looking for. Um, but like I said, they're best player, so it's it's tough for them to really uh, to be prepared to get rid of him, especially with this squad looking, you know, earlier in the season when he was out, they looked they looked quite bad. So um, I'm looking at Lanzini uh, as a replacement for Payet. Yeah, I think Sofian Faguli was the only was the other option. Um, Faguli kind of played well early on this season when Payet was still recovering from. From Euros, but Faguli's like halfway to Rome at this point um, for a potential move to Roma, so that doesn't really fill the void. Yeah, I think Antonio is basically the the best upside play, but I'm not sure he has much upside without Payet kind of taking most of the uh, attention away. So, yeah, I think Lanzini's probably the guy, but you're kind of depending on him setting up players who are not Dimitri Payet level players. <laughs> which is probably why Pyatt hasn't had such a great season. And on the West, or excuse me, on the Crystal Palace side, Wayne Hennessy is expected to be back. Um, he missed their FA Cup match, and then, you know, they've got some nice pieces in the midfield. Although, um, I guess Christian Benteke is fit for this match. Loic Remy is also kind of available. He um, came off the bench, I believe, in their FA Cup uh, match this past weekend. I kind of, uh, I kind of like the idea of of Remy, maybe only because we haven't seen much of him. I, you know, it's like one of these, I've seen Benteke not score enough that I will probably not play him anymore, but I haven't learned my lesson on Remy. So if Remy starts, I think, I think I might make that jump just because the West Ham defense have been so bad this season. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, definitely. Remy is a player I looked at. I picked him up in one of my toggle leagues. He wasn't available in another, uh, kind of as a stash at this point. Uh, I'm not sure whether or not he's going to start this week, uh, just because he's you know he played his first 45 minutes of the whole season last week uh, in that in that FA Cup match. Right. But yeah, so definitely if he's in the starting 11, I, I'm probably going to slot him in in a daily lineup, just kind of as a, a high potential play. But yeah, it sounds like Ben Teke's back. Uh, but yeah, if he's not in the starting 11, I'm, I'm probably going to leave Remy out of the squad. But definitely something to look at in a season long format. Mm. Yeah, the, the midfield is so frustrating because you have Punchin and Kabai who both have kind of a cross upside from the corners, except when they split them. 
And then Andrus Townsend seems to have just completely forgotten how to cross the ball since um, since he lost his starting spot. He started the last three, but um, trying to see here, yeah, eight crosses in those three games combined. Um, he's failed to play 75 minutes in any of those. And I mean, earlier this year, we were seeing 10 cross games all in open play, and um, I'm not sure what's going on. So as much as I kind of I like the players of the Palace midfield, I'm just not sure you can take any of them because they're kind of pulling upside away from each other. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, both sides, I know Sam Allardyce has been talking a lot about how, you know, goals haven't really been the issue for Crystal Palace and it's been a lot of their, uh, their, their back, their back line that's been just leaking goals. So, you know, which is Palace, not wrong. <laughs> yeah. If Palace is going to, yeah, right. You know, as a fantasy for fantasy purposes, you know, we couldn't be too disappointed with a ton of goals in this match, but uh, yeah, Palace's defense has been equally as disappointing as West Ham. So yeah, definitely a match that could uh, that could bring quite a few goals. Ugh. They're going to be some, from just terrible places too. It's going to be it, it won't be <laughs> Andy Carroll. It's going to be you know Winston Reed and a Pedro Joe Obiang Lee. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Joe and then Lee. Matthew Flamini. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, so uh, next up we've got one that is probably not quite as bad, but pretty still pretty bad. Burnley at home against Southampton. Um, Burnley have been much better at home this year, which happens to a lot of teams, but they've been particularly horrific on the road. So um, I'm not sure I'm going to have a ton of Southampton exposure um, just because uh, they're, like I said, Burnley's been, been better at home. Uh that being said, it's like tough not to look towards Southampton. I mean, you've got guys who have performed plenty well. You know, Bertrand, uh, Tadic, uh, and I've seen some rumblings about Nathan Redmond, although I I tend to let Nathan Redmond let other people beat me with him. I'm not going to try to beat people with Nathan Redmond, but um, who do you like out of this game? Uh, I took, uh, you mentioned uh, Burnley's, uh, their home form. They've won 5-6. Um, at home and so I took Andre Gray at forward he's coming off that that hat trick I believe that was two or three weeks ago Um, so I took him he's on DraftKings he is uh, 6,000 so pretty cheap for a forward Um, and so yeah I went with him this this weekend yeah you mentioned Southampton they're coming off that uh, that 1-0 win over Liverpool on Wednesday um, some big news out of there is that Jose Font, it looks like he's going to be on the move. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's pretty big as their club captain and, and, you know, one of the better center backs in the premiership, uh, looks like, uh, Yoshida's going to get the start and he started Wednesday as well in, in place of, uh, in place of Font. So it's, um, that's some, something to look at if you're in more of a defensive league, uh, with Font, you know, expected to leave, but yeah, definitely, uh, I looked at Andre Gray as far as a, a kind of a daily um, player to target in this match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the font thing is a little weird because he kind of just said he wanted to move. He didn't say like, you know, plenty of clubs are interested. Uh, he's obviously leaving before Van Dyke does. Cause it's Van Dyke was the one who was kind of the, the, the subject of all the rumors earlier uh, this or this past summer. Um, you know, obviously all the big ones, Manchester United and, and uh, Chelsea were reportedly interested, but um, looks like it's going to be Font that leaves first. Um, are there? So you liked um, Gray. Uh, the the corner situation is a, a weird one for Burnley too. We've seen a, a ton of guys uh, take corners for them. Um, recently, it's been Stephen Defor and, and Goodmanson. Although I think Goodmanson's out again, so you know Defor if he starts. But we've seen Scott Arfield take that job too. Um, so that just gets kind of ugly as well. Um, the did you consider Dusan Tadic at all? Oh uh, yeah, I definitely looked at him. Um, he's he's a pretty good option. Definitely earlier in the season he was uh, worth a look, but I haven't really seen a ton out of Tadic lately. Uh, he looked you know he looked okay in that Wednesday match, uh, the EFL Cup semifinal. Uh, probably if I was going to target any Southampton players, he would be the one. Uh, but like I mentioned, I like Burnley's form at home right now, so I'm I'm kind of staying away from Southampton players. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm feeling the same way. Um, it sounds like uh, Cedric is iffy too, right? Or he's another one that usually comes to mind. Uh, yeah, 
Actually, he might have come back. I, I take that back. Yeah, I think he's expected to start this yeah. weekend. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's God, that's a lot of talk about Burnley and Southampton. Um, <laughs> let's get to a real barn burner. Uh, Sunderland home against Stoke. God, this sleet is awful. Um, <laughs> Got to wait for Sunday. Yeah. So, um, Stoke has Peter Crouch. Um, and Looks like he's going to get the start. Yeah, they... So, God, this game is awful. <laughs> so, uh, Anichibi's out, and um, there are a few guys. Stokes missing a few guys for uh, Africa Cup of Nations. So, Sunderland actually. Um, so, including some some key pieces uh, for Sunderland, uh, Didier Ndong and Lamini Kone, who are pretty important for their defensive efforts, even though they've been so bad defensively. But um, the I feel like both of these teams, it's, it's another one of these where they're so bad that there should be goals because they just can't stop anybody. But then you're like, okay, who's going to score? Uh, Jermaine Defoe comes to mind immediately. But then after that, I feel like it's a total crapshoot. Um, like if, if I told you this game was, was 1-1 uh, and Defoe scored one of them, who would you say was the other? Joe Allen. Oh, okay. There, that was <laughs> quick too. You're a Liverpool guy though, so you're still thinking yeah, of. Yeah. I do, I just like Allen a lot, but uh, yeah, it's a tough call. This, I mean, Shakiri Arnautovic. I don't really see Crouch scoring, despite him, you know, being in that the foremost role. But yeah, those Shakiri Arnautovic. But like we've, it's kind of been all season. You know, Allen will just knock in a goal casually and leaves us fantasy owners kind of scratching our heads as to like why he's getting all the goals for Stoke. So yeah, uh, Defoe, I, I kind of had a laugh. I think it was West Ham who put in that, that transfer bid for Defoe for like 6 million pounds. Yeah. And he's, yeah. <laughs> what did he has like 10 goals this, this season for yeah. uh, Sunderland. So yeah, Defoe would be probably the best option. Maybe Patrick Van on hold for Sunderland. Other than that, you know, those are, those are kind of your, your premier options uh, out of this match. Yeah. And, and um. I don't want to say never, but I'm going to do my best to never roster Jordan Shakiri again. There's just like, there's just such limited upside, and the floor is always so much lower than you think it is. Um, I mean, like Charlie Adam provides significantly more value than Jordan Shakiri, which, when you think of it, is is absurd. But um, the other weird thing is that the Sunderland midfield is totally worthless too. I mean, how much are you really going to get out of Adnan Yanazai or Seb Larson, like? These, oh man, these teams are bad. Um, yeah, Van Anholt's the tricky one, I think, because um, I think you can easily get a goal out of him. Well, not easily, but you get a goal out of him, and you're like, all right, yeah, that was the right call. But um, so many times he just doesn't. Uh, yeah. So next up is in case you th- thought it couldn't get worse. Actually, this is probably not worse than Sunderland home against Stoke, Hull City home against Burnmouth. Uh, if there was ever a Robert Snodgrass day, it seems like it's this one. Totally. Uh, I got him in my daily lineup as well. Snodgrass, probably the best option in this uh, particular slate. And he seems like he's, you know, pretty much above any other player at his club right now, uh, in my opinion. So, yeah, Snodgrass is definitely, uh, I feel like he's a pretty solid play in daily this week. Yeah, going to back to the West Ham ridiculous um, transfer bids. They bid three million dollars for Snodgrass. Three, excuse me, three million pounds. Wow. So, um, needless to say, Hull said no. I believe um, somebody told me that Snodgrass's contract is up after this season, so they're not going to get like a massive fee for him. But you have to think that selling Snodgrass just immediately relegates them. Oh, like, totally. There's I mean, no the- way they fight without him. <laughs> Yeah, they're already looking like a prime relegation candidate, and without Snodgrass, they are, you know, safe to say they're they're pretty much gone from the Premier League. Yeah, when you think everybody talks about just how horrific Swansea have been, uh, they Swansea are two points above Hull. So, <laughs> uh, the you said Snodgrass was the best play in this game. I, I, I agree, uh, but I believe Junior Stanislas is like right behind them. Um, I love both of those guys this week, um, and I like Ryan Frazier, too, if he ends up getting the start. Frazier left their last league match with uh, some sort of injury, but he's been uh, declared fit. Uh, Burnmouth, obviously, are without Simon Francis, who is um, 
still suspended. They lost Nathan Ake, who was recalled. Uh, they're now trying to get John Terry, which, um, I mean, I'm not sure that's much better than what they have already with yeah. Steve Cook and, you know, Mark Wilson or I don't even care who else it is. Like, I can't <laughs> – bringing in John Terry on loan seems like such a ridiculous idea to me. I agree. Um, it sounds like Terry's going to stay put. Uh, Conte, oh, okay. Conte in his press conference mentioned that uh, he's going to stay put or he's going to stay with us was the quote. So, um, yeah, he should be there pretty deep down the uh, the defensive pecking order at Chelsea, though. His fantasy value is just non-existent kind of at this yeah. point. He'd be pretty low at, at Burnmouth. Like, yeah. once Francis comes back, you don't need John Terry. Oh, anyway. Yeah. So yeah, Frazier and Stanislas. Um, the one, uh, I the, the one question mark now is who's going to start up front because Benikafobi um, got international clearance to play and he scored in his last game, his last start. And they were talking about how they wanted to keep playing him. So I wonder if Callum Wilson isn't necessarily locked in, or if maybe they play both of them together. Although um, I doubt they do that, but you never know with these Premier League managers. But um, would you look at a phobie or Wilson in like a GPP? Oh yeah, I would look at I would look at a phobie, kind of ride the hot hand here um, with that recent goal. But yeah, difficult to uh, to feel good about putting them in the starting lineup at least. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right, the better hopefully 10 a.m. game is Swansea home against Arsenal. Um, we have uh, a li- kind of a weird. Uh, defensive situation with Arsenal because Hector Bellerin is out um, and they um, basically have said Carl Jenkinson and Matthew DiBucci are going to go out on loan. They haven't been loaned yet, but uh, that I guess means that Gabriel will start out wide. Um, Anybody who thinks they're getting like excellent fullback value for Gabriel, you should just forget that because he doesn't, you know, even though he plays outside, he's not going to be moving up and sending in crosses. So, um, but I mean, you have to love your Arsenal options. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I can, in my definitely against Swansea. Um, you know, we talked about Hull, about Hull and Swansea. You know, when I when they're any team that's playing either either, either of those teams is definitely worth a look uh, for their attackers. I looked at I have uh, in my daily lineup. I went with uh, Olivier Giroud, um, just you know, based strictly based off that Scorpion goal he scored a couple weeks ago. But uh, a fully uh, re- uh, repeatable goal, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I could see him knocking in another one of those right <laughs> off. The bar, right? So, yeah, uh, it sounds like uh, Ozil might be questionable uh, for this weekend's match. Uh, but yeah, I would say any of the Arsenal attackers are worth a uh, worth a look. Yeah, Ozil was battling a um, an illness, but um, I think he is going to play. So okay. Um, yeah, he missed two games because they. It was the condensed schedule. But, yeah, I believe I would be surprised if he didn't start. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how many people decide to go with Olivier Giroud instead of Alexis Sanchez. Um, Sanchez is obviously the much more expensive of the two, but really hasn't – I mean, he did score against Burnmouth in, um, in their last Premier League game, but he he's not as um, – he doesn't seem as, as great in the attack without – or with Giroud uh, playing up front. Um, Alexis did take 17 shots in two games playing on the wing, so I guess you know we shouldn't be too worried. But um, the goal upside doesn't seem nearly as high for Alexis when when Giroud starts. So um, you know, ultimately Alexis, you know, he takes plenty of shots, but uh, to really make value, he's gonna he needs to score. Um, yes, especially especially at what are these 10. Yeah. 10-3 on DraftKings. Yeah, he's and, over 13000 on FanDuel. So, yeah, um, so he's about $2,000 cheaper on that. Giroud is about $2,000 cheaper than Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on Gilfie Sigurdsson? I mean, he's far and away the best player on Swansea. Uh, I think that he's much like kind of – he's a lot like Payet where he's got he's, – he's very consistent when he, when he is on the pitch. Um, so definitely, when you look, I don't, I'm not sure what his cost is for uh, in a daily format. Eighty three hundred on uh, on DraftKings. Okay, so yeah, I mean, definitely he's 
the only option that I'm looking at on Swansea, mm-hmm. especially against Arsenal. Uh, he's going to take the set pieces, put in a lot of crosses, take some shots. But against Arsenal, I'm probably going to steer away from him just because he's, I think, uh, around that, what was it? his cost, you said, was about eight. 8,300, yeah. 8,300. So, yeah, I, uh, I, at that price, I went Giroud from that match. So, yeah, definitely you could go with him. But at 8,300 against Arsenal, I'm going to steer away from that. Does it change your mind at all that he scored against Arsenal this season already? Uh, slightly. Uh, at this point, I feel pretty <laughs> locked. I feel pretty locked into a lineup, and I I just don't really feel good about Swansea against yeah. Arsenal like at all. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Um, all right. The twelve thirty game is Chelsea at Leicester. Uh, Leicester are without Mares and Slimani um, due to Africa Cup nations. Uh, Chelsea have everybody. So <laughs> uh, yeah. the there's been talk recently that Marco Alonso's been kind of carrying this muscular injury all season, and that. Um, he may be rotated out. Um, Nathan Ake getting recalled kind of makes you think that's the spot, although I think they're more interested in having Ake play as a center back. But uh, is there any reason to hesitate on any of the Chelsea guys at Leicester? No, definitely not. Um, it's it's at Leicester, you said? Yes. Okay. I mean, as we've seen, they've won, what, 13 straight, I believe? Uh, they had one, yeah. They lost, they lost to Spurs, but yeah. Oh, yeah, very true. Can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> but, but yeah, against Leicester, I, I definitely would, you know, I looked, I believe in my daily lineup, I put Pedro in. Uh-huh. He's at a 7,100 on DraftKings and and definitely a little bit cheaper than uh, than Diego Costa and Hazard's going to be. Uh, I think, I as we've seen all season, Leicester just isn't the same team that they were last campaign. And Chelsea has been just kind of a wrecking crew so far in the Premier League. So, yeah, I like, you know, there's Victor Moses, Pedro, Costa, Hazard. And uh, if, you know, Alonso's battling that injury and if he's out, you know, those options go a little bit up in my opinion. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of agree. The problem with Chelsea is that depending on who starts, you don't know who takes the corners. Because if Fabregas starts, he's going to take them. But if he doesn't, which is possible, they could go with N'Golo Kante and Nemanja Matic. Then it could be Hazard, it could be Pedro, could be both of them, could be Willian if he starts. So like, you have so many options that totally change depending on basically whether Fabregas or Willian start, um, which doesn't give you a lot of security in Fanduel that has no late swap. But even even if you have late swap, um, you know you got to make sure you, you you have the spots open. Like if you if you have Willian in a forward spot. And he doesn't start, or Pedro, and, and say you have to go to Fabregas. You can't make that swap, so you got to make sure you use like your utility spots well. But um, are there any Leicester options that you would think of? Uh, Jamie Vardy obviously is uh, an option. He'll return from his uh, three-match ban. Um, but yeah, they're going to be missing you know Slimani, Mares, uh, Daniel, and Marte uh, because of African Africa yep. Cup of Nations. But yeah, Vardy's. Uh, an option, Okazaki, uh, Christian Fuchs generally is, you know, I, someone I I uh, consistently visit as a defensive option, though against Chelsea, I think he'll have his hands full um, quite a bit with their attack. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, between, you know, if I'm looking at any of the options, I would uh, I would look at Vardy. Um, although Chelsea j- or Leicester did just sign, uh, I'm most likely going to say this wrong, but Anyanye Ndidi. Oh, yeah, Ndidi. He's more of a... Defensive holding, midfielder. Yeah, holding midfielder, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. But uh, something to look at in the center mid. I, I'm not going to give him a start in his first appearance, especially um, in his role as a, as more of a holding midfielder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, but Vardy is probably the main option for, for uh, Leicester, though. Chelsea have been, as we've seen all season, very tight at the back. Yeah. Um, obviously, just in a GPP, you wouldn't play Vardy in a... In a cash game, but um, yeah, the I don't know the I just haven't. I mean, obviously, there's every reason to not be that high on Leicester from this season, but particularly against Chelsea is probably one I would stay away from. Um, but yeah, the I think the the Chelsea one is obviously just very lineup dependent, which is weird since they were so consistently with the same lineup for a while. But 
Um, let's go to Sunday where we have some real matches. Um, we've got both Manchester clubs and both Liverpool clubs. Um, the first match is Everton hosting Man City. We could see the debut of Morgan Schneiderlin, who finally made his move uh, from United to Everton. Um, the, I, I see no reason for him not to start right away, especially with um, Idrissa Gueye at Africa Cup of Nations. Um, they still haven't added an attacking piece. Um, Memphis Depay was the one that, that got a lot of the attention. That hasn't happened yet. So, uh, you know, we still have Romelu Lukaku, Ross Barkley, and Kevin Morales, essentially, unless you're taking a real dart throw on Enter Valencia. Um, and then the Man City side, there's everybody that we think of. Um, you know, De Bruyne, Sterling, Silva, Aguero, Yaya Torre will get some attention. Um, how do you think this game plays out? Uh, I I think that Everton might hang around this this match. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of a shot in the dark there, but uh, they uh, I like the addition of Schneiderlin. That's a big a big piece, especially if they can move. I mean, not trying to uh, to hate on Gareth Barry here, but anytime you can upgrade Schneiderlin <laughs> um, instead of Gareth Barry, that's a, a much better option. Uh, sounds like uh, uh, James McCarthy is going to get the start, maybe. Oh, is he um, back? Okay. Yeah, he's back. He had been battling a hamstring injury yep. uh, this season. But, yeah, it sounds like he is uh, fit and uh, a possibility in that uh, holding midfield role. Um, but, yeah, I think Everton has a, has a decent shot here. And then uh, I guess one other note, too, is that uh, Stecklenburg could return at, okay. at keeper. So something to look at, although I'm not going to give Stecklenburg. I mean, he might face a lot of shots, actually. So. Yeah, I was going to say, that's... He could get plenty of shots on. Uh, I believe also their last match is when Stecklenburg stopped uh, two yep, penalties. Two kick. penalties, yeah. He had like on Taga, he had like a ridiculous like thirty points or like twenty five plus on Taga. So yep. something definitely to uh, to visit there, especially in his return between the posts. Um, it sounded like a couple injury notes out of Manchester City is that uh, De Bruno was battling an illness this week. Um, he sounds like he's recovered. And then the other big one is that Vincent Company is uh, is training again. He's fit. Um, I don't think he's going to find his way into the starting eleven by any means. Uh, I think he'll make his return in you know more of like a FA Cup match. But uh, yeah, he is back. He's fit again. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the biggest problem. Poor guy. Um, do you see any reason? Um, because like with with these four teams, like there's there's not a whole lot of value. Um, you know, you're obvious. These are the teams that you go to for um, for your you know your higher price players. Um, so this game obviously doesn't have much. The United Liverpool, um, we could see Philippe Coutinho return at least return to the starting lineup. Same with Jordan Henderson. You're obviously the the Liverpool supporter of the group. Um, how do you think this Liverpool Man United game plays out? Uh, if it's anything like the last one, then I I want my ninety minutes back. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, the last one was like almost Brutal. unwatchable. Yep. Uh, that nil nil draw. I think that was maybe October or so. But yeah, I don't think we'll see if Coutinho makes it back into the starting eleven. He played uh, just I think he came out in the sixty first minute in that uh, that EFL Cup loss to uh, Southampton on yep. Wednesday. Uh, a huge boost, regardless, with Mane gone at uh, Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, he he was, uh, you know, I, I was watching that uh, EFL Cup loss and then or that EFL Cup game, I should say. And uh, Coutinho was really the only player who looked good for Liverpool. Um, so I think uh, if Henderson can return, he'd been dealing with that uh, kind of that ongoing heel like plantar fasciitis injury yep. he's got going on. Uh, if he can return, he's he is one of the key players for Liverpool. I mean despite, you know, not looking at him as the captain, but looking at him as, like, that player uh, playing box-to-box. Box. He really makes it happen for Liverpool, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, we'll, Daniel Sturridge was pretty pretty ugly uh, in Wednesday's game. He got, like, 17 touches or something ridiculous like that throughout the match. Uh, but, yeah, I, I hope that this game has goals, you know. Uh, it was really disappointing last time, and, and especially for such a big game. That I hope there's, I hope to God there's a couple goals. <laughs> um, yeah, this is. I always have to remind. Well, I don't have to, but I make the choice to remind people that worldwide, more people are going to watch this game than the Super Bowl um, because they're just, you know, it's the two biggest clubs worldwide, at least in the Premier League. And so, whenever they play, it's 
Super Bowl, beyond the Super Bowl. But um, so of these two matches, though, um, there's really just not a lot of value. I mean, you're essentially going to end up having to roster some center backs or yeah, um, you can't even be like a holding midfield for Liverpool, like even somebody like Emery Chan's not even that cheap. Um, do you think, how do you think Liverpool lines up actually? Because we've seen, you said like Sturridge looked awful the other day. It seemed like Origi has kind of lost his starting spot. Um, I think they, um, from, I think they're going to go with that, like a 4-3-3 again with uh, Firmino. Uh, and Coutinho potentially, if he if he's fit enough, he's going to be in the starting eleven. If not, they might go, you know, Firmino, Lalana, and then Origi or Sturridge yeah. in that front three, and then again go with Emery Chan and uh, Henderson and uh, Wijnaldum in the kind of in that that holding three they play. But yeah, like I said, there was nobody particularly impressive in that Wednesday game, so I could see them, I could see them going with that four three three with either Chan or uh, Chan or Wijnaldum out of the lineup with Coutinho back in it if he's fit enough to play or to start. Yeah. Yeah, that seems. Yeah, that seems like the right one. And then, um, United are obviously. I feel like they've started to get some fairly uh, consistent uh, lineups. You know, we'll probably see. Uh, we'll definitely see Zlatan, even though I think um, he picked up a little knock. But Zlatan always plays. Um, yeah. and I think will start. Pogba obviously. Um, and then the guys kind of out wide defensively. I don't see why they wouldn't go with Valencia and Daly Blind uh, since they're both fit. So, you know, we're we're still struggling to find any sort of value. Um, you know, you could take a shot at Ander Herrera, although he scores kind of randomly enough that he's not even going to be that cheap. So, yeah, maybe Ashley Young for United is there possible. You go. Yikes. I'm kind of just shooting in the dark. At this <laughs> yeah, and, uh, Mkhitaryan has been a guy I've played pretty consistently in in uh in Daly the last couple weeks. Yeah, uh, so a player to look at. And then Ibra obviously is going to be the most, probably the most expensive player in the slate. I imagine. Um, not sure if that's available on DraftKings yet. Um, I would guess it's De Bruyne. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, it could be Aguero. I mean, he'll, be, he'll be up there as far yeah, as, yeah, there's some options. Um, yeah. you know, expensive players go, but yeah. like I said, that this match is, if it's zero, zero again, man, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. <laughs> you and hundreds of millions of people worldwide. Um, all right, we both made a DraftKings lineup for this for the Saturday slate, the main one. Um, so, what does yours look like? Uh, my DraftKings lineup, I got uh, Tavo Courtois at goalkeeper. He was the second most expensive goalkeeper, um, but I like Chelsea against Leicester City, especially with Leicester missing uh, Mares and Slimani. Um, Barty has been pretty disappointed all season, and I, I, you know, he might not get the most amount of saves. Um, but uh, I expect a clean sheet, like mm-hmm. you know, like they've been going with. I played uh, Eric Peters um, of Stoke City against Sunderland. He was at 5,200 in DraftKings. He's been pretty solid in his last three matches. He um, 13, 5, 14, and 12 in his past four matches. He's been in two of those matches. He had uh, six crosses and 11 crosses. Yeah, he has been crossing more. Yeah, so he, you know, as far as I'm looking for a player that's going to get me, you know, 10 points. I thought he was a good option at 5,200. And then uh, I went with George Friend in that Middlesbrough-Watford uh, match. So I know we discussed we were looking for that random goal. Maybe George Friend is it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he had uh, seven crosses in his last game to go along with uh, two shots with one of those being on goal. Um, I looked at him. He's 5,000, so not super cheap, but uh, not, not the most expensive defender in that slate. And then I went with Snodgrass uh, at 8,000 against Bournemouth in this match, you know, like we mentioned in that whole Saturday slate, really, uh, there's not, there's not really like a premier team that we're looking at. Uh, Snodgrass has been really solid in DraftKings over the past, you know, almost whole month. He's had 24, 22, 14, 11. Um, he knocked it. He's had two goals in his last two appearances to go. He's been just crossing the ball a ton as well with, uh, you know, 30 crosses in his last three matches. So that's uh, somebody I'm going to put in my lineup. And then uh, of the Chelsea player, Chelsea attacking players, I went with Pedro. He's at 7,100. Uh, so I kind of have that Courtois-Pedro stack, if you will. Uh, Pedro is definitely a player who's uh, 
who could could knock in a goal. He had a goal uh, two matches ago against Bournemouth. And then I went, like I mentioned, I went with Giroud at forward, and then Andre Gray. And then as a utility play, I kind of ran out of money, and <laughs> I uh, I went with Charlie Daniels at fifty two hundred. Oh, that's not so bad. Yeah, that's going to be somebody I need to. Uh, I'm going to have to double check. I expect him to start, but I'll have to double check with that uh, that hour before the matches kick off. Yeah, he should have no problem. Yeah, what um, about your? What did you go with? I still actually have a blank space in my lineup, um, mostly because I hate all of the non-elite forward options. Um, but I, for my back, I went with Tom Heaton um, at 4,400 against Southampton. I went with Christian Cabaselli, who I mentioned earlier, at 29. And then I had originally had Matthew Lowton um, to just really go all in on, or not all in, but mostly in on, on the Burnley defense. Um, but Sam McQueen at 4,200, if he starts for Southampton, is kind of a Interesting one to me just because he's been crossing a ton uh, lately. Um, that Southampton fullback rotation is kind of weird just because we just never know like when Cedric is going to start. or and Bertrand seems pretty pretty uh, locked in, but um, I can kind of mix and match with, with uh, whoever goes there, or I could just go back to Lowton. Um, so the reason I didn't... I, I don't like the forwards is because I'm I'm having trouble with midfields. Uh, I went with Snodgrass as well just because, I mean, you said it, he does pretty much everything, so there's no reason to, to go through that. Um, I have uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson, who I actually don't mind as much against Arsenal. He scored against them earlier this season, and um, just the way that Arsenal can Arsenal things up, the, seeing Sigurdsson over a free kick would just scare the heck out of me. So um, I have no problem playing him at 8,300. And then uh, I have Junior Stanislas at 64. Um, I just think that whole Burmouth game could have a ton of goals, and it, Snodgrass and Stanislas are likely to be the ones um, to be a part of it. I currently have Olivier Giroud in at 8,000. I mean, he's you know he's one of these like goal-dependent forwards who just happens to be scoring goals recently. They're obviously playing a terrible Swansea side um, and not having exposure to to Arsenal worried me. Um, and I <laughs> like the idea of Giroud. I mean, if you if you really look at Arsenal, um, other than Mesut Ozil, everybody is really goal-dependent. I mean, as much as like they keep talking about Alex Iwobi playing the 10 or uh, you know bringing in Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, uh, Theo Walcott's out, so like one of those guys or Lucas Perez might start. But like, they're all pretty goal dependent, so it's just as easy to miss on on one of these Arsenal guys than than to hit. So um, the problem is is that so I have Giroud as a forward spot. The problem is is that it leaves me um, basically with not enough money to pay up for either Alexis Hazard or um, Diego Costa. Um, those are really the only those those are the three forwards I, I would have considered. Um, so I have to then go down into the next group which um, I'm probably not going to play Michael Antonio without Dimitri Payet. Payet was like locked into my lineup when I, when I made my lineup four days ago, and now, now that he doesn't play anymore, um, you know, you have to shuffle everything else around. So, um, there, you know, Willian's of it. Willian Pedro and Victor Moses are all possibilities. Um, I would love to be able to play Sigurdsson as a forward so that I can use, you know, my... Uh, my uh, midfield spot on somebody else. I've complained to DraftKings about that, so hopefully, I'm sure they're yeah. know, very happy to, to take my suggestion. But <laughs> um, so it, it just leaves me with like a lot of guys who like can do stuff. I mean, there's uh, you know Jay Rodriguez and Nathan Redmond for Southampton, although playing them against Burnley is kind of counterintuitive, at least on DraftKings. Um, you know, there's yeah. Arnautovic, and then you know you just get further Andre Gray. I I, I definitely consider Jermaine Defoe. Um, but to have Defoe and Giroud, who are both so goal-dependent, is a little tough. But um, I don't know. I, I still don't know where I'm going with that, but those are kind of the guys I'm thinking of. Yeah, it'll be a uh, a big, you know, that hour after lineups come up, come out, it'll be be a lot of decisions for you, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's usually the, the crunch time. Um, so, you know, it, all it takes is basically one guy to, you know, if Snodgrass doesn't start, I mean... He's probably a bad example because he's definitely starting. But you yeah. know, if Stanislas or you know somebody nicks an ankle during the warm up and the, all of a sudden they have to come out, you know that we kind of try to stress how important that hour is before lineup lock. I mean, this isn't um, 
you know, a lot of sports you can set your lineups a few, you know, days or at least a few hours ahead of time, and everything can really change in soccer um, when these lineups drop. So um, that's what I'm expecting tomorrow, just like I expected every other day. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, well, uh, that's all of it. I um, Hopefully this podcast isn't too choppy. We've had some technical difficulties, and I've had uh, two coughing fits that I hope <laughs> I uh, was able to um, mute out. But um, thank you, for everyone, for listening, and uh, Chris, good luck this weekend. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.